Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to Elite Physique University. I'm John Gorman, your host. You got Jason Theobald in the house. Jason, this is like old times, man. Kayla had yeah. a, you had some business to take care of. So this is you and I finish up the Keto Podcast. So uh, how are you, man? How's your Thursday? Uh, well, it's Wednesday, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I'm used to us always doing this. <laughs> and uh, it's it's good. I closed on the house today. Um, so we move in a week into it um the 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 seller asked for a little extra time i'm not really sure why she needed it but she did um so that was cool um to get that done you know anytime you're dealing with a loan they keep asking for more and more shit and when you're busy running businesses it's the last thing you want to be doing but it's just right it is what it is um let's see my class sale bundles on sale still i'll run that through thursday um, what else do we have going on? My menopausal class, uh, I'm going to teach the September one this Sunday. And that's a class that really kind of teaches you how to program the menopausal client from training to nutrition to what does HRT do and how does it change it? Um, and I have spots open for the October 9th class and I, I price this one very fair uh, so anyone could take it it's 200 bucks. So if you deal with this demographic, um, you might want to hop in on that and you can email me, Jason at scoobyprep.com. Other than that, man, uh, it's been steady with adding clients and, um, I'm pretty, pretty busy. Um, the HRT clinic is killing it. So anyone out there that needs HRT help, please hit me up advanced vitality, HRT.com. And, uh, we'll go from there. So that's about it. What's going on with me, man, business-wise and personal. You know, the the biggest thing that I've learned um, probably over the last four to five years is, you know, the more successful I've become and and the other people around me, such as you and other people that I've been able to talk to, the, the more money you make, the more you dig in, the more products you have, the more businesses you become involved with. Really, it's kind of what you brought up with, with selling your house, but it's man, there's just so much paperwork and red tape involved and so, so many things to where it seems like the more money you make, the more people you need around you that can, they can actually help you out because, you know, it's not a one man show. Once you start getting seven figures and you start going above and beyond that and you try and push to eight figures, like it's just, you really need good people around you. So you it's, it's 100% a necessity. Yeah, really interesting. You know, it's a little different than just running a, you know, a coaching business, um, you know, so. Yeah, it's, you know, speaking of business, I'll keep mine quick. I, I was telling you before we started the show, we struck a deal where our supplements are now headed over to China. and We've got a pretty good connection over there. So we've got some larger orders being placed and some new labels for the Chinese that are going on here shortly. Um and our goal is to keep expanding over there, but we've got a pretty good deal set up um, with a really good, really good um, coach that coaches clients over there. So we've we've been doing that and then we've just got new flavors and stuff coming out. And I, I told you we started our digital marketing, which is, you know, you've been through that. You grew your company organically where you got to the point to where you can only do so much. And then if you want to grow, you got to you got to start reaching out and, and hitting social more. So we're getting ready to start that. It'll start tomorrow. So nice. all good things, all good things. Looking for a new headquarters and, and office to grow into. So other than that, coaching's the same with me. A lot of clients hitting the stage right now. Um, just staying, 
staying busy, busy. And, you know, that kind of leads us into where we're at here. We've had to kind of jumble around and do the podcast here and there. We've got some really good guests coming up that people can expect to hear from soon. You know, Brad Schoenfeld's going to be on. Um, but all of our guests that we've had, you know, from Scott Stevenson to, man, there's just so many good people man. to look forward to. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and a lot more coming. So you guys stay tuned to that. But right now we're going to finish up keto. And this is part two of keto. So just kind of picking up right where we left off. If you haven't listened to episode one on keto, the part one, go back and listen to that. But just jumping back in, Jason, um, I'm going off Kayla's notes here since she's not here. She wants to start talking about shopping. So if you're someone that's doing keto and you're going to go shopping, what are some fats that we can recommend to people to make this easier? Because I think, I think I can kind of frame this to start. People need to realize when you go look for anything keto, you need to make sure that the trace carbs are very low. And if they're zero, that's even better. So what are some of your favorite fats to kind of recommend to people when they're going shopping to make it easy? Yeah. I mean, my keto diet, I want high in omega threes mainly. Um, steer away from saturated fats and omega sixes, uh, in, in small amounts. Um, so, you know, my, my fat recommendations are going to be like avocado. Um, what else? Extra virgin olive oil is a good one. And then you can throw in some nut butters. I like almond butter. Um, that kind of, you know, balances things out. So you're, you know, you've got your avocado, you've got your oil, and then you've got a nut butter. So it kind of gives you a nice variety. Um, any nut butters that are higher in omega-3s are fine. And you can use peanut butter. I'm not saying it's not like I don't do it. It's just more omega-6s. And, and you know, if you can use almond butter and like it, that's my choice. Macadamia nut oil is a great one. Um, avocado oil is sold in most stores. That's a good one. If you don't like avocado, Um I think that's probably my main go-tos. Yeah. I, you know, I tell people, I'm like, listen, you can, the first thing is you got to be able to stick to the diet. So if you want to have things like, like bacon, if you want to have cheese, like for some of those people, they don't have to worry about it. But for me, I have to keep saturated fats low as well because cholesterol shoots through the roof with me when, when saturated fats get high, but you know, other things that people want to try it, full fat whipping cream. I like to recommend that before and after workout. If you want to do something easy, I know we make a product called Fat Snacks, P-H-A-T Snacks, and it's basically a dietary fat powder. And you can throw that in. It's cheesecake flavored. Um, but lots of things, red meat. The, the thing people need to realize is you need to keep the trace carbs low. And I think probably if I had to pick my favorite meal of something to eat besides a shake, it would be, and I think you and I are on the same page here. I like eggs. I like the omega-3s high. And I like to throw a slice of Velveeta cheese. It's really not that much fat. It's like one and a half fat, but it just tastes amazing. And then I like to throw some avocado on there as well. So that's like one of my favorite meals. And I have a lot of people that do keto and their favorite thing is normally peanut butter and nuts and stuff like that. But folks, remember, you got to try and keep those omega-3s high. It's just good for heart health. It's not going to make a big difference when it comes to fat loss but you want to try and be as healthy as possible. And then finally, the one I like to recommend if you're watching cholesterol is flax oil is pretty good with omega threes. And a lot of people don't know that. So we did a YouTube shopping video. It's on my team Gorman YouTube page. If you want to look at some of the shopping stuff where we did a whole keto trip as long time ago, it was like 2014. But if you want to check that out, uh, go ahead. A couple of the things here, uh, let's talk about fiber. 
and MCTs. Uh, both you and I have a lot of experience with MCTs. We talked a little bit about it in the last podcast. I'm not real big on recommending MCTs anymore. What about you? Um, I recommend it in certain cases. Okay. Um, it Where can help like with gut issues. Um, they can also make things worse. Some people yeah. get diarrhea with too many of them, but, um, I like it when I feel like someone is struggling pre-workout and they're on keto. Um, these digest faster. So in theory, it burns more like a carb, yeah. you're getting the energy faster. And so around the workout, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but you got to kind of watch your MCTs. It'll give you loose stools and things like that. But um, I think in moderation, I, I still like them and I will program them from time to time. Yeah. If I do it with a client, I tell them just to start with five grams. Don't start with a whole spoonful. I know back in the day, you know, it's one tablespoon. It's like 16 fats. That's going to hit you pretty hard in the guts. So um, fiber, I like to tell my folks, listen, fiber should be the same on, on any diets. Fiber is there to make sure you move food based on the calories that you have. So my general fiber recommendations for a female are somewhere around 20 grams. Make sure you at least get that. And guys are, you know, 30 to 40, unless they're eating a massive amount of food. But I don't really change my fiber up with keto. Do you, Jason? You just kind of keep it the same? Yeah, I keep it. I keep it pretty much the same. I mean, you know, you get to use some vegetables. That's going to bring some in, right? Um, it's a little bit in your nut butters, but you got to add it up and kind of see. And a lot of times I have to add up adding you know, Metamucil or, you know, some sort of uh, psyllium husk uh, to the client's plan, uh, especially if they're not going um, because, you know, you can't add carbs, you can't add fruit. So sometimes you got to use, you know, uh, a psyllium husk type powder. But um, yeah, my my numbers for women are just a little higher on fiber. I'm, I'm usually wanting them around 30 um, guys, 35, 40. Um, and that usually works pretty well. Yeah. Let's talk about transitioning back. So uh, back to carbs. So yeah. you know, yeah. once people get done with this, you know, a lot of people, they don't know how to transition back. You and I both have a pretty, pretty seamless system. Why don't you tell people how you like to transition people back? If, if they've been on keto for a while, not, not just yeah. a couple of weeks or two or three weeks, but let's, let's say somebody has been on it eight weeks or more. How do you like to yeah. transition them? I like to put carbs around the training plan and that's pretty much it. So I'll leave the keto diet in place and maybe put, you know, 30 or 40 carbs pre and 30 or 40 post and then see how they're doing. Um, as I work carbs up, I will start to bring fats down uh, some, um, you know, more insulin spikes with high fats, probably not the greatest, uh, especially if they're pretty lean now that they'll probably pack on some fat doing that. So I'll, I'll bring the carbs up slowly Next would be intra. So like pre now we got pre post and intra. And then, you know, sometimes people feel amazing on that type of setup, you know, the protein, fat, veggie meals all around, and then, you know, carbs, pre intra and post. And so if that's the case and they're feeling great and they're strong, then I, I'm, I've stopped there. Um, if not, I'll, I'll then go to meal one, um, you know, after the fasting all night, you know, you're a little more sensitive. So I'll put them in meal one. So now you got a meal one pre post and intra, and that's a pretty good amount of spots to, to stick your carbs. So but at that point, I'd consider you pretty much transitioned out, um, 
but uh, yeah, I, I, I've stopped. I, I've actually had people uh, only do pre uh, carbs pre, um, and and it works really well for them because they just are stronger on fats and and uh, they get tired on on carbs, and so we we don't use a ton of them. So yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I know you and I have talked about this a lot over the last decade. Um, if someone's lower on protein, like if I have to keep their protein lower, they're not somebody that I can get by with more protein. We talked about that in episode one. I'll raise their protein up right away because they're not keto anymore. So if it's a guy dieting on 180 protein, I might bump that up well over 200 and then do carbs around the workout and then intra workout next. But I'm right there with you, man. I, I've noticed that for people like me, if you're a fatty, I've noticed, and I just am a big believer, I think the best diet overall for people that pack on fat easy and they they kind of have, you can tell people have insulin resistance and it's insulin sensitivity issues. If you keep carbs around your workout and you keep fats in at the other meals for a lifestyle diet and just trying to stay, you know, keep your insulin sensitivity good and from gaining easy fat, why not just train that way to try and maintain your physique? I I've got a lot of people. That's the way I eat year round carbs before and after a workout and my protein high and then fats make up my other macros at the other meals. And it just keeps insulin lower and I don't pack on fat as easy. So as you get older, is that something that you would kind of agree with, especially from the functional med standpoint of a lot of the things that we have to try and fix revolves around insulin sensitivity. Do you think that's a pretty good lifestyle approach for most people if they experience? I, I do. Um, you know, especially as you age too, um, technically, you know, you lose sensitivity. So, um, training will actually help protect that. But, you know, if you got, say you get a, you know, menopausal woman, uh, who hasn't really trained all her life and she's got insulin sensitivity issues, like definitely more fats, less carbs. So it's definitely going to be more of, uh, that pre and post type situation for sure. And then get your veggies and your proteins and fats at your other meals. So I think it's a very good way of living, um, to stay lean and to stay healthy. Yeah. I'm going to move on to a couple of the things that Kayla has here in the notes. This is more of a question and this is something I've talked about quite a bit. So is keto ideal for someone in the off season? And, and if not, then why? So whenever I teach this class, um, and I do it online, I always break this down you have to remember, it, most people are focusing on, well, the fact that someone's on fats and not carbs. That's why it's not best for the off season. You can get protein a lot higher on a carb-based diet. I mean, we just know that. So anytime protein's higher and enough, you're going to experience better muscle gain, better recovery. And on a ketogenic diet, you just can't get protein that high. So is it is good for someone in the off season for muscle gain? For muscle gain, in my experience, it's not. Um I would say someone's going to be much better off in that scenario you and I just played out where it's carbs around the workout and higher protein. But have you ever had anyone keto in the off season? Um, besides like a wow. mini club, I've tried it with people and it just doesn't seem to really. Not long-term yeah. I've done, you know, it, it's a tool. Uh, yeah. And I have some of my bodybuilders, you know, will push too much GH or, you know, just, you know, issues with insulin sensitivity and I got to put them on keto, but it's not going to be a long-term uh, thing now, you know, if you are really endomorphic and coming from a spot of being very overweight, you might need more of a ketogenic diet. Where can you put carbs? Maybe pre, maybe only intra. Um, but we're talking about the really, really stubborn endomorphic people there. Um, 
So yeah, I, I think that's kind of where I fall. I don't, I don't ever put someone on it long-term. Yeah. Some other things too, she's got down here. Is there anything crazy that you've ever seen while you or clients are on keto? And I think I talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but I have actually tried to get people to gain fat when they're strictly keto. And I'm talking about, I remember Leslie back in the day using 300 grams of fats a day, literally just kept getting leaner and just looked freakier after weeks and weeks of it. This last time that I did it, it's been a couple months now. I would have regularly have burgers, bacon burgers, two, three times a week, not even track my calories, well over 3000 calories. And I just kept getting leaner. Now, a lot of researchers would try They try and take me on on this. And here's the thing. There's just nothing to prove it. It's just what I've seen. I just cannot get people to actually gain fat. Now, if I went and ate 4,000 calories on a carb-based diet, guess what? My face is <laughs> like the moon if we're doing this podcast right now. To me, there's just something with keto and it needs to be researched to where your body just becomes so efficient at burning fat storing and then burning it again that somewhere in there you just don't see the fat gain that you do on a carb-based diet yeah that is i don't know um have you ever seen anyone gain fat on a keto diet i know i've not been able to see it myself you know i don't think so um i'm not saying it hasn't happened but i definitely have never seen someone get fat running a high keto diet yeah i've seen people stall um and oh yeah yeah, you know, especially if they're eating off plan, but still keto, I've seen them stall, but I've not been able to see someone gain fat. So that's, I would like to take about 30 of my clients actually, and I've thought about it and actually do this and track it for about 12 weeks and just see, but I don't know, stay tuned on that. I might, I might do it and like do it for a real cheap price if people want to jump in on it, just so we can all learn something. And then finally, Jason, I'm going to throw this back over to you. You know, if you had to pick the best places to use keto, I, I'd never recommend this as a lifestyle. I believe you're probably on board with that because yeah. people can't stick to it. I mean, name someone that you know that's keto 100% year round and they stay to it. I probably know about three people off the top of my hand. Like I think just, that dude, I think that dude on uh, Instagram, Tristan Lee, that you ever seen him? He's like, I don't know, maybe he's 20 something now, but he was, he started bodybuilding. He was like 16. I know he eats nothing but keto and he stays peeled year round, but I don't know that he's really getting any bigger. Yeah. Um, but he's ripped. He's a ripped little dude. Um, what, but, what are your best places? If if you were going to tell someone right now, it was like, Hey, if I ever wanted to do keto, what would be the yeah. best place to use it? I think <clears throat> right off the bat, if you're, if you're seeing your fasted blood glucose numbers rise and they're getting over a hundred, um, if you want to take care of that fast, you can just go to a keto. You can keep carbs in and get in a deficit, no doubt. Um, but pulling the carbs out and going keto, getting a lot of omega threes to help improve that sensitivity is really important. Um, I use it the final four weeks many times um, to get stubborn fat off of someone. Um, let's see. And then the other time that I will use it, uh, is dieting someone that's like very endomorphic. I used to have a client, um, you know, he'd be, he'd be round in the off season, you know, he was short and he was just round, but you get him on keto and, and get him prepping. And and he was pretty damn good bodybuilder when it, when it all came out, but you just had to pull all that fat off and his body just liked to retain it. Um, so keto, we used 
from day one of the prep. Um, but he was, you know, very endomorphic. Um, any other areas? I mean, you know, I don't deal with people who have cancer, but I've talked yeah. to friends and family and I've recommended keto. Um, I have a client with uh, seizures and I put him on keto for a while because that's also got research that keto will help. Uh, it did help for a bit, but then his are really bad and it, it started to flare up again. Um, so those are probably, I would think my main areas. Uh, what about, what about yourself? You know, you, you nailed it. Probably my favorite place to use it outside of an insulin sensitivity reset or mini cut, like you had mentioned is those final weeks. And I've seen it really, you, you always tell about after a week, you'll see if it's right for that person because they'll noticeably sharpen up and then boom, their motivation goes through the roof because they've been stalled. But real quick, I want to talk about who not to use it for and how we spot that. So you know, I've, I've done it with people and I've seen them look worse after a week because one thing about a ketogenic diet is you got to remember your proteins lower, but when you do have carbs, it does not cortisol down some. So I have noticed people on a ketogenic diet, their cortisol just stays chronically high. And you're talking about prep anyway. So it's really high. So I've actually seen people look worse. They, they look a little bit more watery. They're just tired. And you know, if they're small, like Jason, if you remember me back in the day when you dieted me, keto was probably not a good idea because I was I was really small anyway. So is there is there a type of person outside of that that you look at and you're like, you know what, man, like keto is just probably not going to be the best for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if I get someone who's lean and 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 has those lean, lean sinewy arms, legs, lean everywhere, like. I know that's a carb responder, you know, right away. Like why would I ever throw them on keto other than resetting insulin sensitivity, et cetera, et cetera. So you can look at body types. I think, um, ectomorphs, I really don't see a reason for it other than prep, uh, towards the end or insulin sensitivity. Same with mesomorphs. I mean, mesomorphs will gain fat easier, but man, they respond to pretty much either diet. Um, I'd say my friend Troy is pretty mesomorphic and he can diet on carbs and he can diet on keto. I'm kind of the same way. Um, I, I, I can get ripped on it too. So I think that, I think that kind of, kind of covers it. It's that person that's just really lean, naturally lean, you know, uh, they, they probably just don't have any need to be on a ketogenic diet. Yeah. I, I think when athletes take a look, if, if, if it really makes you look stringy and over dieted because you're so flat on it, and you lose the best look of your physique. I, I tell people that all the time. Sometimes I'll sacrifice not getting someone as lean so they can actually hold on to what muscle they do have versus just trying to get striated glutes on somebody and they look like a skin rabbit. Like that's not what bodybuilding is. And I think keto kind of falls into that place with certain people. So it's, it's one of those things, if you're listening as a coach or an athlete, you really have to pay attention to how you look. So it's not always about getting shredded. It's also about holding those curves. So Jason, this was just a good, fun follow-up to part one. Um, I do want to let people know you can check the show notes for everything. If you need anything from us, we've got our emails in here. Any guests, questions you guys ever want to send them in, send them in. We'll get them to Kayla and we'll get this program. But we've got some really fun episodes coming up. And Jason, I know you're tired, dude, because you got a house to get ready to move into and you've got a bunch of other yeah. stuff. Oh, man. So if you have anything you want to say to folks, or are you ready to get out of here? 
Uh, I have one last thing and then I'm ready to call it. Um, so Scooby Prep is looking for a registered dietitian to come on board as a coach. So if you're someone out there who is, um, you know, maybe trying to get your coaching career going and it's, you know, maybe not going as, as, as smooth as you want. Um, when you're an RD, hit me up. Um, I'd like to talk to you. Actually may have somebody for you. We'll talk about this after the show, but yeah. if you guys are listening, check out Jason's email. It's in the show notes, hit him up. And from Jason and myself, we're out of here. See you guys.